0: It is my joy to welcome you to today's podcast. Our prayer is that the Lord will minister to you in a special way during our time together. Good morning. As I begin this morning, I do want to just say a very big thank you to you today for your prayers. Uh, I know you've been believing with me about uh, my visa, and uh, I'm just so grateful to God. He's given us another miracle. And I thank Him and I thank you for just standing with me through this time and I'm looking forward to seeing you in just a few weeks. Now, this is an exciting day because today is Pentecost Sunday. And I want to begin our message today looking into just a, t- a little bit of the background stories, the, the things that led up to this very special day, 2,000 years ago. And we're going to begin reading this morning in the book of Acts, chapter 1. We have here recorded in this chapter, actually, Jesus' last words to his disciples before he went up to heaven. And I'm going to read just a few verses. Jump with me. I'm going to skip around a bit. But I'm starting in uh, verse number 4. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, He gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, I've just called this little portion the promise. Actually, Jesus promised his disciples a gift. Now, we all love a gift, don't we? I don't know anyone that doesn't like receiving a gift. He said, I want you to wait because there is a gift coming to you. And then he goes on to say what it is, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Then he goes on down to explain just a little bit more. In verse 8, he says this about the gift. But, and you know this one, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea, and in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Then, verse 9, After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid them, him from their sight. Literally, his last words to them. And then I'm going to skip, jump to verse 12. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Then it lists everybody present. It lists lists all the apostles. Verse number uh, 16. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. That was not verse 16. That was verse... 14 we see them are in a prayer meeting Jesus said wait they go back to Jerusalem and they're waiting they're waiting for the promise they're waiting for the gift but we want to go to the second chapter of Acts and it starts out verse 1 of chapter 2 when the day of Pentecost came actually Ten days have passed since Jesus made that promise on the Mount of Olives. And I doubt that the believers who were assembled in the room that day expected anything special or unusual. Actually, Pentecost was one of the feast days that the Jews celebrated every year, just like we celebrate Christmas or Easter. It was a yearly celebration. And the word Pentecost simply means 50th the feast of pentecost was celebrated every year 50 days this was the significance after the feast of first fruits another yearly festival now that one always took place on the first day of the week following passover i want you to think what just what earth-shattering event <laughs> just took place the first day of the week after The Passover that had just passed. Remember, early in the morning, on the first day of the week, (laughs) Mary came, the women came. Yes, yes. That was the day that Jesus rose from the dead. That very day, early in the morning. Fifty days have now passed since Jesus' resurrection. I just love this. In the calendar of God, that seemingly ordinary feast day, what every year they d- d- they celebrated, every year, it was transformed into an extraordinary event, the outpouring of the gift of the Holy Spirit that Jesus had promised. I just want to be clear before we go on that this is not the first appearance of the Holy Spirit in the Word of God. The Holy Spirit is one of the members of the Godhead. There's the Father, and there's the Son, there's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was there from the very beginning. You find Him in the first book of the Bible, in the first chapter, Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. He was there in creation. You find Him throughout the New Testament. We see Him coming upon Gideon, Samson, Saul, David, he would come upon them for uh, special exploits, for specific things, and then he would lift from them. The Holy Spirit was there. When you come to the Gospels, first of all, we see him active in the birth of Jesus. Remember, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, the angel said to Mary. We see the Holy Spirit activity in the life and the ministry of Jesus, and then we come to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, when the day of Pentecost came, there's just some anticipation, there's just excitement in those words. They were obeying his, prom- his word to wait. They were all together in one place. Why don't you, you know, if you don't have it, turn to the book of Acts They were in a prayer meeting, and then the great unexpected happens before. I I think we just have to read it. We have to read what it says. This is what happened. Verse 2, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. I want to talk, first of all, about the baptism. Where do we get that phrase, the baptism with the Holy Spirit or being baptized in the Holy Spirit? We just read it, didn't we, in the first chapter of Acts. Jesus said it. I have a gift for you. You are going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. John prophesied of Jesus in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. What is the meaning of the word baptism? It means to be immersed or submerged, not just a dip or a few drops of water. It means to be totally covered. We, we see this. We read it there in the second chapter of Acts. What an overwhelming experience that spirit baptism was. Every sense was engaged. They heard the sound of a mighty rushing wind. They saw those f- tongues of fire, and then they spoke as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance in unknown tongues. I want to ask this question. How did the people outside recognize that something unusual had happened, that the disciples had been filled with the Spirit? Look at verse 6. Each one heard their own language being spoken. Verse 11, they're exclaiming, We hear them declaring the wonder of God in our own tongues. Actually, Jesus himself, compared the Holy Spirit baptism to water baptism. We read it there in the first chapter of the book of Acts. He said, For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, most of us have been baptized in water by immersion. How did we know that we had been baptized? What was the evidence? Well, we came up out of that water soaking wet. What is the evidence given repeatedly in the New Testament? Every time new believers were filled with the Holy Spirit, what happened? They began to speak in other tongues. That is why we call tongues the initial evidence of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. But I want to talk for a few moments about the benefits of receiving this baptism. What will it do for me to do see this i want to go back to the 14th chapter of the book of john this is the upper room the last supper jesus is there with his disciples just before he is betrayed and taken to the cross and he says this in john chapter 14 let's just start reading at verse 16 and i will ask the father and he will give you another advocate or Comforter, to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him, for He lives with you and will be in you. I have entitled this first benefit, Presence. It's there in that 17th verse. He will be in you you. The marvel of the presence of the Holy Spirit is that he's not only with us, he is in us. Actually, his name in the Greek, it's parakletos. It means one called alongside to help. Now, some Bible scholars translate that word, a uh, comforter. That's the King James uses that beautiful word. Others use the name counselor. The NIV here uses the word advocate. Don't be confused because all of them are the same Greek word, parakletos, mean the same thing. All of them so beautifully describe the character of the Holy Spirit, his function. But I do confess I have a personal favorite, the word comforter. Our English word comfort comes from two Latin words that mean With strength. We usually think of comfort as soothing words or consoling someone, you know, patting them, putting our arm around them. They're there. Everything will be okay. But I want you to know that comfort is so much more. True comfort is strengthening with strength. It gives us the strength to face life bravely. Keep on going, even when we don't think we can. In this beautiful chapter, John the 14th chapter, the very first words in the chapter are this. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Then he goes on to give them the promise of the Spirit. Then look at verse 18. Such beautiful words. He says this, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. I will not leave you as orphans. So beautiful. You know, during his earthly ministry, Jesus had guided and guarded. He had kept and taught his disciples. Now he's going to leave them. But he gives them these beautiful words of assurance because he says, you don't need to worry. Why? Because the Spirit of God was coming to dwell in them. In verse 16, Jesus called the Spirit another comforter. What he means, actually the Greek word another means another of the same kind. The Holy Spirit would continue what Christ himself had done during his time on earth. The Spirit of God had dwelt in the disciples in the person of Jesus Christ. And now he would dwell in them through the Holy Spirit. I want to say this, beloved. We're not alone. We're not abandoned, helpless, or hopeless. Wherever we go, the Spirit is with us. He's in us. So why should we feel like orphans? There is no need to have a troubled heart when you have the very Spirit of God dwelling in you. However, The coming of the Holy Spirit was not only for comfort. God had an eternal purpose, an evangelistic mission for the church. We read what Jesus had promised to his disciples in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power. That is my next benefit, power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit does not work instead of us or in spite of us, but he works in us and through us. The Spirit is the source of power for effective witness. Witness is a key word in the book of Acts. It's used 29 times as either a verb or a noun. A witness is somebody who tells what he has seen or heard. When a person is on the witness stand in court, the judge is not interested in his ideas, his opinions. There's only one thing he wants to hear, what you know, what you saw. Now, we may not all be called to be preachers, but every believer is called to be a faithful witness to the Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to highlight one more benefit of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And I've entitled this perpetual. Perpetual is actually a big word that simply means ever lasting. When the Holy Spirit was given to God's people at Pentecost, He was given to God's people to remain with them forever. We read it in John chapter 14 and verse 17. He will be with you forever. I just want to ask a very important question. I want you to see if you can answer this. Is the baptism in the Holy Spirit A one-time event? Like what happened on the day of Pentecost? A big, overwhelming event? Or is it something that's repeatable? It can happen over and over. The Apostle Paul gives us the answer in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18. He says this, be filled with the Spirit. (laughs) We have a lot of English teachers. For our English teachers out there, The verb, be filled, is present passive imperative tense, which actually means keep on being filled. God's children must experience repeatedly being filled with the Holy Spirit. That passage in Ephesians chapter 5 goes on to explain that we can do this by maintaining a loving faith in Jesus Christ, by being filled with God's word, by praying, by giving thanks, by singing to the Lord, and by submitting to one another. Life in the Spirit, beloved, is an ongoing development in our lives. It's not a one-time thing. Okay, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. Finish, go home, John. I'm done. Hooray, I can tick that off my list of things that I need to do in my life. The term filled with the Spirit in the book of Acts, in Paul's letters, does not only refer to the initial baptism, but to every moment in our daily lives when we need His strength, when we need His counsel. Time does not permit us to discuss some of the other hallmarks of a Spirit-filled life. There is the fruit of the Spirit. We're familiar with with that uh, list in Galatians, the 22nd chapter—love, joy, peace, uh, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness beautiful. Then there are the wonderful ministry gifts of the spirits. We find those in Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Apostles, prophets, pastors, teacher, a beautiful ministry list. Beloved, the initial baptism in the Holy Spirit, it's just a doorway into the fullness of all that God has planned for you. I want to close this morning with an amazing prayer that Paul prayed in Ephesians, the third chapter. The the words that I'm taking out of that prayer come in verse 19. He says this that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. My message this morning was entitled, Be Filled with the Spirit, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now that is surely one of the boldest prayer requests ever made. That would be like saying, pour the ocean into my little cup. My little cup cannot contain the ocean any more than my life can contain all the fullness of God. Fortunately, Our lives are not like China Cups that are not expandable. We are capable, beloved, of receiving more of Him. We need more of Him as we journey through this life. I don't know how you feel, but I I find myself every day saying, I need you, Lord, I need you. I think that the longer we serve the Lord, the more we realize how inadequate we are without His Spirit, how much we need that fullness of the Spirit of God in our lives. The goal of a Spirit-filled life ought always to be that one word, more. I am capable of receiving more of the Spirit. He is capable of giving more of Himself to me. If you don't remember anything else, About this message. I want you to remember that word more. We don't want to be like the believer that was so excited when he was baptized with the Holy Spirit. (laughs) I remember this story because Pastor Stubbs told us. You may remember it. This believer wrote down his testimony. He called it his blessed experience and he had it on a nice piece of paper. He kept it safely in a drawer. And once in a while, he would open the drawer, he would pull it out, and he would share about his blessed experience with somebody. Then one day, when he opened the drawer, to his horror, he found that white ants had gotten into the papers in that drawer, and they had destroyed his blessed experience. Oh, no, he cried, they have eaten my blessed experience. The sad thing was, it was only what was written on the paper, that initial step. He stood in the doorway of all that God had for him. He never went on to experience the things that God had planned for him. Beloved, this is Pentecost Sunday it's time to dust off your blessed experience it's time to be filled with more of the spirit i, I want to ask a simple question are you full today sometimes i, I think it's a trick of the devil we 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 feel satisfied there's that false sense of i i enough i have all i need if you don't aren't satisfied do you have room for more of the Holy Spirit in your life? I'm I, I I'm talking to everyone in this room. To the pastors, to the carousel leaders, to all of the members of our church. I just want to say this this morning. I feel so strongly in my spirit. If you want to have more, if you're hungry if you're not satisfied this morning, if you realize there is so much, God has so much for me, I want you to stand up where you are. And I want you to just walk out and I want you to come right to the front of the church right now as I'm speaking. And I want to say this to those of you who have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit who's speaking in other tongues. I want you to come. Come this morning. You will begin a wonderful journey. God will do great things for you. Would you come today? God has a wonderful gift in store for you. If you'll come this morning, our pastors and our carousel leaders will be happy to meet you. They'll be happy to pray with you right now. Just come as we just, I'm going to have a word of prayer and then the worship team will lead us in a song. But I want you, don't wait. Holy Spirit, we recognize that you are the source of power. Without you, we live a defeated life. Without you, we don't have power to witness. Lord, I'm just praying, Lord, that you will move upon each of our hearts. Cause us to see the fullness that we can have. Lord, not to be satisfied with a little bit, but to be yearning to be hungry for more of the Spirit of God. That's what we pray for this Pentecost Sunday. Holy Ghost, come in a new and a special way. We thank you, Lord, that your presence is in us. We thank you that your presence is in this place because more than two or three are gathered here in your name and your presence is here. And so we just open our hearts. We raise our hands. We say, come. Come, Holy Spirit, we need you. Come, sweet Spirit, we pray. Come in your strength and your power. Come in your own special way. Amen. Thank you for taking time to listen. If you would like more information about our church or would like to make a comment, please mail us at info at new life AG. .in God bless you